Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Straight talk about current events and issues affecting women in today's society. This is not your run-of-the-mill opinion show. So listen up, because it's about to get real. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line. And we are back this week with uh, new episodes for you, as always. Uh, on this week's show, we are going to talk about childcare during the pandemic and just childcare in America in general and why it seems like we are the only country in the world that has not gotten it yet. We are going to discuss uh, Army Hammer and his bizarre whatever it is that's going on. His ex, uh, exchange soon to be ex-wife, um, has speaking uh, or has spoken out about the whole controversy. We'll talk about that and can, and then we'll just we'll go into more detail about how is it possible for, you know, a couple to be together and the husband or the wife doesn't know what the what the other is doing. Is that possible or is just just you know a naive excuse? We'll get in, into that. We're gonna talk about. Um, the passing of Cicely Tyson for our Black History. Let me just say it's uh, February and it's Black History Month. So we're going to highlight her uh, accomplishments in TV and movies and, you know, what a sad loss it, it was for the for the community. We'll discuss that. And then last but not least, we are going to discuss uh, country singer Morgan Wall- Wallen. I think that's his name. And his views of the N-word. And now it sort of sparked this whole conversation about country music and, you know, the subtle discrimination, bigotry and racism that exists in it. And is it time for the the whole music industry, especially for country music, to to change and for us to have a dialogue? So we'll we'll talk about all of that. We'll get into all of that on this episode. With that being said. Let's get started. All right. So we are highlighting our Black History Month uh, person, and this week is is Cicely Tyson. She passed away last week uh, at the age of 96. You know, she was just a powerhouse, and it was it's such a sad loss. And you know what? She's one of those people that I just thought would be here, you know, for a long time. I know she's she's 96 and she's lived a long life, but I just kind of figured she would be around like a um like a Betty White, you know. Betty White turned 99 <laughs> this month. And I just right. you know, and I just thought she would be one of those people that would just, you know, that would just be here. Um, you know, what did you think what did you think of her her legacy? What do you think she brought to the the community and just what do you think about her loss in general? I mean, this is a woman way before our time. Right. But you could tell whenever she was brought into a black movie, even without anyone really saying it, the way they had the dialogue, you could tell she was somebody that, that like, paved the way. Yes. Like, you could clearly tell about her role, her presence. You know, she was before our time, but she did something that opened doors for the rest of us. Absolutely. And, you know, like she was just a, a pioneer pioneer for black people, especially for black women. And, you know, if, I would like to list some of the movies that she, she was in yeah. that are so big culturally today. Uh, she was in the original Roots movie. Yes. She played Kunta's mother. Yep. 
she played Harriet Tubman in a movie called A Woman Named Moses. And a movie that's one of my personal favorites is A Lesson, a Lesson Before Dying. And there was a movie she was in with Don Cheadle. Mm. And, you know, this is, you know, she, the thing about the role that she played, she made, she made sure they had meaning. They had value. Yes. They had substance. Yes. And that, that was one of the things forward. she said. Yes. She right? said she never they took would, on a role that would diminish a, the black woman or diminish, um, uh, like, put a stain on the black community. And that's what something that she's that, always talked about. Right. And for our listeners, you know, take a moment and digest what she was saying, you know, and what we see today and what we might see going forward in the future as far as the black community and as we're in Black History Month. Here is a woman who said she will not take a role that demeans black women because she understood that if she takes this role, it's going to carry forward into the future. Yeah. It's, and like, as you said, it's going to stain us. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there were times when they offered her a lot of money to demean herself. Absolutely. Right? I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. there were roles that she had to say no to. I'm sure they said, if you play this role of a Jezebel, you know, if you play this loud, whoever, XYZ, stereotype of a black woman, you'll get an Oscar, you'll get an Emmy, you'll get this. And she still said no. Think, and think about that. Think about how many people would have jumped on that opportunity, but she said, no, I'm not doing it. Because right. I understand the consequences that will come. Absolutely. So I just hope that our listeners, they're digesting that and, and understanding that some of the things our pioneers had to do was say no. And for that reason, they're not remembered. You know, think about some of the people that the reason we don't know them today was because they said no to a role. Like they said, I'm not going to play that role because it's going to it's going to harm my community right and this is a you know this is what she said in an interview she said we black actresses have played so many prostitutes and drug addicts and housemaids always negative i won't play that kind of characterless role anymore even if i go back to starving just think about that for a minute right i like the little stuff like things we need to Digest and think about you know, because you can't put a price on integrity. Yes, yes, and and it's sad because in today's society, you know, people will sell their people have sold their souls for less, honey. So right, you know, she was she was definitely a one of a kind woman who paved the way for 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 all women, um, and most importantly, black women, and showed that you don't have to diminish yourself you don't have to diminish yourself to be great you don't have to conform to what society wants you to conform to in order to shine you know i loved her and i mean she she whenever she came on screen and she talked you just listen you know because it's just like just wisdom just comes out of her mouth and you know she will surely be missed and i know the the TV and movie industry has definitely changed and she's left her mark and you know we recognize her and we send our condolences to her to her family and friends this was a sad loss but she lived a long life and um, rest in peace I do want to say one more thing yeah you know uh, um, as far as Cicely Tyson her saying no to certain roles that today other people would, would accept and they would call it 
empowerment or liberation for mm. women, but for women like Cicely Tyson, she understood this is not empowering us. Yeah. This is destroying us. And I hope that that message does come across because I hate how the media can, in one moment, they'll defend a woman who will take on those roles or those stereotypes and call it liberating or empowering. But at the same time, they'll do a, a biop on Cicely Tyson and she's showing how she rejected those roles and she's still just as powerful. So I, yeah. I, we need to stop the hypocrisy. And, you know, Denzel Washington was another um, person who, who echoed that those same sentiments. Um, I remember he said it in many interviews that he refused to do certain roles because of the way it depicted black men. And, you know, uh, I know a couple of his actor mentors um, has also come out and said that, you know, he, he they would ask him their advice or his, you know, his advice on certain roles that they should take or not take. And he said, look, if it's going to put black men in a bad light or kind of put, put us in, in a, a situation where it, it demeans us, it's not worth it. Those types of characteristics are sadly diminishing in our society because like anybody and everybody would do anything for clout or just to be famous for five minutes or whatever it may be. And, you know, they will literally sell their soul for, for fame. So it's refreshing that there's still, you know, OGs like that, that, that sort of put these ideas in our heads to our, to the young people that there's certain things that it's just not worth it. Not all good. Not all money is good money. Not all fame is good fame. All right, let's move on. Uh, we are going to talk about Army Hammer. So Army Hammer, for those of you who don't know, he is an actor in Hollywood. Uh, he was in movie uh, Call Me by Your Name, and that's one of the movies he was in. And he was set to. He's sort of like an uh, up and coming actor. Um, in Hollywood, he was set to appear in a movie with um, Jennifer Lopez recently, and he has dropped out of that because uh, some strange—I I don't know if they're messages or, or whatever they were—came uh, out recently about you know cannibalism and wanting to choke women out. And from from what we know, he he hasn't exactly done them yet, but it was just I guess fantasies or whatever they were. Um, but his uh, estranged wife, Elizabeth Chambers, has now come out and made a statement. Uh, basically, she I'm just going to read you a little bit of what she said. She said, for weeks, I've been trying to process everything that has transpired. I'm shocked, heartbroken, and devastated. Um, she said, I am listening and will continue to listen and educate myself on these delicate matters. I didn't realize how much I didn't know. And then she goes on to say, I support any victim of assault or abuse and urge every, anyone who has experienced this pain to seek the help uh, she or he needs to heal. So what do you think about this? Is it possible for you to be married to someone? I believe they were married for 10 years and together for 13 in total. They have two kids together. Um, is it possible to be married to someone or to know somebody for that long and not know that they were into cannibalism or or just things about wanting to abuse women and choke them out and things like that like is it possible you know we we hear about it all all the time with serial killers and their when their families and their wives and say well I had no idea he was a killer I had no idea he was this or he was that 
what are your thoughts on it? What do you think? Is it is it possible or is it just like a like a cop out? Not only with that, you know, with with all these sexual predators that have that have come out with from, you know, the Bill Cosby's and the Harvey Weinstein's and, um, you know, the Matt Lowers of the world, you know, their spouses are like, I had no idea or, you know, I, I didn't know that they were like this. What do you, what are your thoughts on it? Wow. I know it's a it's a big one, right? <laughs> I'm a I'm a lean towards though. I'm a lean towards that she had an idea. Okay. If she's been married for that long. Okay. Elaborate. I would find it hard to believe that he wouldn't want to involve you in his fetishes. Well, I will have to push back on you on that one because isn't it possible? Okay, when it's your wife, right? I guess the idea or theory is that the sexual fantasies that you have, you won't want to do that with your wife. Right. You'd rather do it with maybe like a stranger or a prostitute or some random woman you just met or whatever it may be. Right. But isn't it possible that they separate their home life from their fantasy fetish, creepy life? Isn't that isn't that possible? I mean, we've we've heard of men leading double lives. So definitely. I just think that I find it hard that he probably didn't hint at something because like some of the things they said he was saying was like drink blood, cut toes, yeah, or like they're very graphic. Women. You know, like I'm like you're telling me none of these stuff. He he tried to hint at his wife like, hey, can I drink your blood, baby? Like <laughs> he's telling me none of this stuff. He hinted at her for 13 years. Like he was able to really keep that that line of separation. Like that's my wife. I won't ever ask her. No, I think like most men, if they have a fetish. I could believe that they hold their wife in such a high regard and they don't want her to know about that part of him. But I find it hard that at some point, you know, if you're going to get comfortable with your wife, some of it, some of that's going to spill through, you know. Like you said, with some of these men leading double lives, some of them, for example, let's say they're married to a woman, but they sleep with men on the side. I find yeah. it hard to believe that the wife knows nothing, sees nothing. Like, mean... like for me, like, Women pick up on detail. Right. You know? But men, are, men can hide things. shit, too. Let's not get it twisted. Men they are good can. at hiding just stuff. It's kind of hard that a wife can't pick up on certain things. Well, maybe she's... I mean, look, you only pick up on things you're looking for, right? Like, if, if you're suspecting that your man is cheating, you're going to try to find stuff. But if you don't suspect that your, your man is into whatever he's into, you're not going to be looking for clues, correct? So let me ask you something. Has anyone ever cheated on you or anything like that? Yes, I have been cheated on before. Right. And did you, like, have an idea of it before they actually admitted it? Uh, yeah. All right, then, see? It's like, yo, we, we all I have I mean, you were there when one of, when, when the... I'm, I'm so surprised that you asked me that question, because you were literally there when the shit went down. <laughs> I see, I can't remember this stuff. <laughs> Like you were literally but, there. <laughs> but I'm just sure, but I'm just real. Like in both relationships, there's something a gut feeling uh, that our significant other does. Of course, but that's what I'm saying. Like we had it. Like it, I had an inkling, right? Like I suspected. Inkling. But if you didn't, yeah. if you don't suspect, like if I don't suspect that my, you know, my dude is doing whatever, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be motivated to be looking for, st- for stuff like that, right? Then you got a hollow marriage. You got a superficial marriage. I, if, if you got a spouse that's talking about drinking blood. I mean, he might not say that in front of her. You know, he I'm could be online. 
he of course he would have stayed in front of her. But like I said, I feel like he probably would have got, you know, over the course of their marriage, got comfortable with him and just hinted at, hey, can you do X, Y, Z with me? And he should have been like, what? I don't know. I, I would like to I would like to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she probably didn't know what was going on. That she is didn't know to what extent. That's what I believe. Okay, to, what to what extent. extent. Okay, I'll give you that. She probably didn't know to what extent. She probably had like you know, there there are probably little tiny signs here and there, like, oh, this is kind of weird, or, you know, like, yeah. it's it's hard for someone to really hide who they are for so long without it kind of seeping through, right? Like, you notice, yeah. like, their their mood changes sometimes, or they're, they're acting weird, or they say something weird, but I don't think, again, if you're not looking, I don't think, like, you'll really do a deep dive, and, and and think that, oh my gosh, th- this person is capable of that. I don't think that that's, I think that that's a possibility. Yeah, I, I, I give her that much. I give her that much of a benefit of the doubt. You're not thinking that, you know, some of the weird things your spouse does, oh, it must be drinking blood and cutting toes. Like, right. apparently that's what he was into. So <laughs> yeah. I, I give her that much uh, room for, for disbelief, but I think she, in other ways, she probably knows she was married to a crazy person. So going back to my original question, do you think it's possible for someone to be married or be with their significant other and not know about their secret life? And your answer is oh, no. Then, then, yeah, that, that is possible. You may not know exactly okay. what they're doing. So it is possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You may not know the specifics. Okay. Anything you want to add before we move on? Um, Army Hammer is scary. If anything they're saying is true, he's a scary, scary yeah. man. Yeah. If if what um, they're saying is true about him, then yeah, absolutely. Question: yeah. Do you I think mean, his his career can recover? No, that's it's it's, it's, it's weird. Some of the things he like like drinking blood and carving his initials on people and eating flesh, women flesh. And- Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's really it's, graphic stuff. Yeah. You're talking about like he was he he got turned on by torturing people. Basically, yeah. Like that's not something you can read. Like that's not something you recover from. You need to go to like be be in jail or go to the mental institution. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if if these allegations are true, do need help fast. Um, and you know, I hope he 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 gets the help that he needs. Um, like I said, he he has dropped out of the um, movie with Jennifer Lopez. It's called Shotgun Wedding, and um, two TV series. It's called Ga- Gaslit and The Offer. So, I don't know. I mean, people have come back from even weirdest things in Hollywood. So really, yeah, I'm some Silence of the Lambs type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is that's what I'm like reading it just made me think of that. And up in this, and remember this guy. You know, in the article that that I read about him, they said he was like genetically blessed. Yeah, you know, I mean he's a handsome he's like, dude. He's like six yeah. foot, whatever. He's you know he's like a typical white guy. You know, right? And then, um, what is it like? He's a he was already like a billionaire before he became an actor. Like he's like the heir to like an oil company. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Well, me. Yeah, like I was reading that he's like, there's like a, there's something called the hammer oil industry and mm-hmm. he's like the heir to it or he's like part of this like rich family. Oh, interesting. You okay. know, so it tells me that, you know, these, he's from, from a family that's probably well connected. Right. You know, 
And so when when you when I read about some of the stuff he's into, it, it sounds more than just more than just a fetish. It sounds like something ritualistic, like some of that stuff you hear in movies about what rich people do to maintain their their power, drink the blood of a demon and stuff. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. So it's really scary that you might have people in power able to do these things. Like side story, like back in like, you know, nineteen twenty when the KKK was at its height in terms of membership and like wanting parts of the country, you know, the head of the KKK organization, he was taken down because he like kidnapped the young girl. And when they found her, they, they found bite marks all over her body. She had been so abused by the head of the KKK that she like fell out of the car and just died. She like died before she got to the hospital. She was so abused. So it's it's really scary that you got people in power who are able to do these things. And, you know, you always feel like this is only the surface of what goes on. Right. Yeah, I mean, one of his ex-girlfriend came out and said he branded her with a knife. Um, so, you know, like I said, if all of these things are true, he he not only needs help, he needs to go to prison. Um, but we don't know. These are all allegations, and you know we'll we'll see where where it goes. But anyway, moving I on. will say this: yeah, if it's consensual, then I really just as long as nobody was forced or drugged into it, mm-hmm. you know, if it's consensual, then I guess there's not much any of us can really do. Right. But um, otherwise. You know, then yeah, something needs to be done on a drastic level. Like a whole investigation needs to be done. Yeah, and you know, people are into weird stuff, and I, you know, I'm glad you you made that distinction, right? Um, if it's consensual between two consensual adults, they do what they do, right? People are st- are into some weird stuff these days, and you know, if you're if you're in that community or that group, and both parties are that are involved all know that you know this is a mutual thing that they want to do kudos to them right but if it's just if this is not consensual and this is one-sided and you know this is just a deranged person hurting and abusing women then yes something does need to be done and you know like i said these are all allegations we don't know what's true and what's not there's more to come yeah, That's what I, feel. I mean, this story is not going away. It's going to be around for, uh, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be around, and we'll we'll see what happens. So, yeah, it's not a story that's going to go away, unfortunately. So let's move on. Uh, Morgan Wel- Wellen, I think that's his name. Uh, he is a country singer. Apparently, he. So I'm not really into country music. I mean, I I listen here and there, maybe like a Luke Bryan or you know, once in a while I'll play it but i'm not really big on country music i don't know a lot of their artists besides the very mainstream ones and i I guess this guy is the hottest thing right now in country music we all know that nashville is is sort of the hub of country music i've been there all of the main country stars they all have you know their restaurants and that's like their that's like their hollywood is nashville been there it's a great city love it but yeah he was accused of well, not accused because we saw the video, of using a racial slur. And the racial slur happens to be the N-word. And this... (gasps) (laughs) And this sparked the conversation, honey, about uh, 
first of all, why is he using the N-word? And then it's, second of all, it brought up this broader conversation about country music and country artists and just the country genre as a whole being very misogynistic, very Confederate flag-ish, the, the typical white thing. And um, people are saying that it should open a bigger conversation because it, it's been going on for too long. I know one of the country artists, she's actually the first mainstream uh, country artist to come out. Um, oh my gosh. I will get her name in a minute. But she actually came out and responded to a tweet that uh, Kelsey Ballerini, who's another country artist, stated and said, this does not depict this does not depict country music. It does not, it's not who we are and it does not represent us. And she countered and said, this is exactly what country music is about because I, you know, I've had people say horrible things to me and, you know, just being misogynistic. Here's her name. Her name is Mickey Guyton. And she said, this is not the first time using that unacceptable racial slur. And we all know that. So what exactly are y'all going to do about it? Crickets won't work this time. And that's what she said. And so is she right? Does something need to be done? His label has dropped him. The, uh, the Country Music uh, Academy, they've dropped him. All of the radio stations, the big major ones, iHeart, Sirius XM, they're not playing his music anymore. And do you think it's about time that we start having this conversation? And you and I talked about this yesterday, and you, you specifically said that something should be done about the N-word specifically, that either everyone should be allowed to use it, regardless of race, black, white, whatever, or nobody uses it at all. And yep, that, by that. that's your stance on it. My stance is, no, if you're not black, don't use it. I'll let you um, start with your theory. Go ahead. Side note, Morgan Wallen's sales have quadrupled since this incident. Yeah. Think about that. Okay. Are country music fans racist? That's a question. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't listen to their music. Yeah. I bet within their circle. Right. So the funny, funny thing for me is that, you know, you know, we're talking about whether country music is racist or not, but then you have to ask yourself, how many black people actually listen to it to care enough? But, you know, country music has sort of become this thing with, you know, it's, it's like, you know, white people's music, right? Because a lot of the artists are white. There are very few people of color that are, that are country artists or that are big country artists. But if we go back to the roots of country music, it started with black people. Country music actually all started music with did. black people. All music in, in America did. Right. The banjo the was modern, brought from Africa. Yeah, because like, like prior to this, like the music that was being played in America was like European-based. Right. You know, it was, it was black American ass slaves who, who actually made American music. Absolutely. Rock and roll, we brought rock and roll, music. jazz, yeah. blues, you know, like we, black people brought all of that country music, but then how come it just sort of morphed into this, like it's, it's, it's like a white person thing. And it's like, you know, black people aren't really accepted in country music. It's like every other music genres are a little bit more accepting, but for some weird reason, when it comes to country music, they just prefer their 
good old boys to be white. And most of the artists are white. I'd first have to know, and I'm not saying that they don't keep us out. I'd have to first know, do we want to be a part of this? Do we want to be a part of that club? You know what I'm saying? Because then what's the point of fighting? Because if, 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 if it's a fight that we win, right? But then at the end of the day, we still don't want to lose the country music, then they're just going to take hold of it again. But shouldn't music just be... Isn't the whole point of music to just to blur the line of race and, and cultures and differences? Like, mu- music is like is the one thing that's supposed to bring people together. At least that's the whole point of it, right? And so, yeah. you know, when you have... I, and I don't want to get away from, you know, the the our main topic here, which is the Morgan guy saying the N-word, and we're going to get back to that, but I, I, just don't underst- I just don't understand why it's that's like the one genre of music where we're not really accepted. And I remember, this is probably a weird example, but I remember Kay Michelle, for those of you who don't know, she's an R&B singer, who she, she told this story about wanting to break into country music, and she went to Nashville, and she's performed at clubs, and she said they heckled the shit out of her. Like, they, they you know, they cursed her out, they, they said bigoted things to her, and literally ran her out of the club. All because, you know, she wanted to be a part of that world. And that's terrible. But for some reason, they can get, a, they seem to be able to get away with it. Why is that? It's the same reason it's always been, you know, like, they, they don't want to change who they are. Mm. From their music to their towns, their schools. But it's not their, their music. Like, if we really want to be specific, it's not their music. They can keep it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they can keep it. Like, like here's the thing. Okay, black people, you know, we made the music, yes. But do we really want to go back and, you know, try to fight them for it? Right. Or do we want to keep, or do we want to learn from that? Make something new, make something better, and hold on to it ourselves. Make sure that whenever people see this new invention of music, this new style of music, it completely belongs to us. When I think of jazz, when I think of soul, it belongs to us. Right. R&B, it belongs to us. We've learned our lesson, and we've created new genres, and when people think of those genres, it's us. And that's what we need to keep doing. I don't want to keep fighting the same enemy and realizing it's a waste of time, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, it's kind of like arguing with, with somebody from your past. You know, it, after a while, this seems petty. Okay, so going back to this this guy right here, right? Obviously, clearly, this isn't his first time using the, the N-word. You can clearly see that. Nah. So, you, you, you're basically saying either we banish the word or everybody gets to say it. it, it yep. Elaborate. Because, to me, it's the word that already causes division and confusion. Anybody who's using it is just spreading more confusion and division. Mm. Okay. And I've, I've, told, I've said this to you before, as time goes by, people aren't going to hear the N-word from racist white people from the uh, prior to the civil rights movement because that generation is dying out. Mm-hmm. The first time they're going to hear the N-word is from their other friends, likely their black friends, or from uh, rap music. You right, know? and this, this sorry to, to cut you off, but um, this actually reminded me of uh, Hannah, I think her name is Hannah B. from The Bachelor, 
a bachelorette franchise. I I I I can't remember if you remember this, but like I think it was last year or the year before that, she was lis- she was listening to one of the baby song Rockstar and she was on Instagram live and she started rapping it and she was saying the lyrics to the words and she said the n-word and people came for her ass and said you know when it got to that part you're supposed to censor yourself right and so you know i just want to sort of throw that in there and and you know drive at what you're saying is if they're hearing it from music you know because what i mean i i love that song i I've, i've listened to that song and i when i get to that part i say the n like i say it when i'm rapping it but I feel like I can say that because I'm a black person and that's fine. But if a white person was singing the song along with me or if I'm, you know, I've, or if I'm in a group of uh, white people and the song comes on and that part, they're expe- like, I just don't feel comfortable with you using that word. Bleep yourself. Censor yourself. I feel the other way around. Okay. I don't, I don't even use the word at all. The last time I used the word was when I was 14. And yeah. Even I don't then, use it. I feel like... I don't use it, um, but when the song comes yeah. on, you know, I'll, I'll say it, but I don't use it in my daily life. I, you know, I, it's just, that's, it's not my word. I don't, I have other words in my vocabulary. I don't need to use that. Go ahead. I don't even use it at all in normal conversation. It just feels when I'm using it, it's against my very essence, my very being, my very soul. Right. Like, I just don't use it at all. It's just like, I can't. Because once, once I understood the history of it, I was like, why would I would ever use that word? Right. And you're not going to convince me that it could take on a new meaning. That's even worse. That's like me being in, the, in denial. I'm living in a fantasy if I think that it could take on a different meaning. Yet, let another race of people use it, and you're reminded immediately of its true meaning. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, its definition cannot change. Okay, so basically what you're saying is that if a black person uses it and a white person uses it, it's the same thing. Definitely. It's the same word. Okay. You know, and and my pushback to you was that the theory is, or I guess in some circles is, they, they're taking the word back, right? It's, it's a it's argument. a <laughs> What? That old argument. Hey, that's the argument that we're, it's kind of like the word, the B word, right? Women have are taking the or have taken the B word back and are saying, "Look, we're we're using it as a as a term of endearment instead of being used as a as a, a derogatory word." And in some black circles, they're saying, "Well, we've we've taken the N word back, and we're we're using it, and we've sort of turned the meaning around." But my whole my whole thing is that people who are not black keep getting in trouble for using this word. And I do understand where where the the confusion comes from because it's like especially with younger kids. I mean, this kid is twenty six, right, or twenty five, something along those lines, and they might not know the history of the word, like you said. They hear it on TV or uh, uh, in, uh, sorry, in uh, music videos, not TV, sorry, but they hear it in music. They hear it in you know their favorite rap songs, and they just might not understand what the word means and. I agree that it is very unrealistic of us to think that, you know, they, they should censor themselves, right? But how do we, like, how do we find a way around that? Because, I mean, all these people keep keep getting in trouble for using it. And then the, you see the argument of, well, I grew up around black people, 
So that's how they talk to each other, and that's you know. And so I thought I, it was okay for me to use it because I was I'm in I grew up in that community or I was raised in that community or whatever it was, right? And people are like, no, if you're not black, you can't use it. Doesn't matter if you was raised with them or in the community with them or whatever. How do we fix it? The answer is simple: no one uses it, <laughs> and therefore, therefore, there's no confusion. But here's the thing: as long as black people are fighting to use it. You're going to have white people that slip up. Mm. And I don't want to waste my time correcting them anymore. Because mm -hmm. they're going to come back and say, well, you use it in your music. You guys use it everyday experience. Use it, you use it around me. And then we have to make an argument that, that, that says we can use it, but they can't. Mm -hmm. Which, again, causes division. Right. By saying that I can use the word, but you can't, I'm causing division. I'm preventing racial harmony. Mm-hmm. Right, but if I say, you know what, I won't use it anymore. No one use it use it anymore. Then, when a white person uses it, we are justified in our anger. We are justified to be upset because we we we, we said we weren't going to use it. Right. All right. Well, and, and, you know, another thing I want to say is, yeah, how can black people take back a word that never belonged to them? The word didn't originate with us. It originated with the oppressor. He used it to oppress us, and somehow we feel the need to hold on to it. Right. And we haven't used it to make our lives better. Like, where has the N-word been used to actually make black people better, to actually uplift us? Anytime I hear it in a rap song, it's used in an aggressive manner. A black man is rapping, and he used the N-word about, he uses the N-word in a sense, to cause harm to another black man. So I don't even see how it's ever been positive. I don't see how it's ever been a term of endearment. It's just something that we've been brainwashed to use. And, you know, this is... Sorry, yeah. go ahead. And I do want to say this, like, so, like, recently you had this uh, black man around, just around the time of the election, and talking about how he loves the Confederate flag. You know, he was adopted by white people, so he's in love with the history of, of the South and the Civil War, and black people call him a coon, he's lost, he's a traitor. And I'm like, but if he is wrong for defending the flag, which has a racist history, how are the rest of us right to defend the N-word, which has an even deeper history of racism? If that man is lost for defending the Confederate flag, what are we? What are we for defending the N word? And that's what I don't get. That's the hypocrisy. That's a that's an interesting conversation, and it's one that we're gonna continue to have. Um, I, I don't know where. I mean, yeah, that is a solution for everyone to just not use it, but I don't think that's gonna be a thing, right? And so we're we're. I don't. I like. I don't know where where to. What what the what the middle ground looks like i do know that this guy is problematic because this isn't the first time he's used the n-word um you know back in 2012 he tweeted he's tweeted the n-word um you know he he was the one who was supposed to be on snl and was he broke uh covid protocols and started partying and you know missed his performance and then two months later they invited him back so i just think that this is you know that I think a lesson needs to be learned here for, for everybody who feels that they're entitled to use that word. 
um, who is non-black. Unfortunately, that's just how it, it has to be right now because you can't say that word and you can't use that word. It's not your word. Granted, you know, you have your theories about it's not any, I mean, it's the oppressor's word and it's not even our word, but it's a, like it's out here and it still has a negative connotation if it's coming from someone who's non-black. And so I don't know. And, you know, this situation has sort of opened the door to a bigger problem, which is, you know, the the sort of deep underbelly rooted, uh, whatever, uh, bigotry and, and, and whiteness of country music. But I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where, where we sort of find a middle or common ground here. Is there even a common ground? There, there, to me, there, there isn't a common ground unless we just get rid of the word. The same way we got rid of the, we're getting rid of the Confederate flag. The same way we're getting rid of Confederate soldiers. For how, for how long? For what, 150 years? The South has been trying to say that the Confederate flag doesn't represent what it, what we all know it does. The Confederate statues don't represent what we all know it does. It represents the history of hate. But they kept saying it meant something different. That's the same argument we're making, black people make for the N-word. But guess what? At some point, we opened up our eyes and said, those statues, that flag, that represent something, that they represent a stain for this country and they need to be removed. The N-word is, the, the N-word is from the same box as, as the Confederate statue. So we're going to shift gears a little bit here. Uh, we're going from, from that story to, you know, a little lighthearted story to, to sort of end things here. So... As we all know, the pandemic has ravaged a lot of things from small businesses to schools to people's jobs. It's just, I mean, it's just left a, a sweeping crap hole all over our lives. And for parents who are having to deal with their children being homeschooled, like myself, it's been a nightmare. And so it got us thinking about the child care that's non-existent in in our country you know about two million women have had to leave the workforce in the in the last just year alone because there is no one to take care of their children all their all the schools are, are going remote um there's no child care there's no daycare and even you know even before covid it, it was expensive. I mean, a typical, you know, d daycare or, or child care or after school. I remember when, you know, when I had to do it for my little one and he was younger. I mean, I would have, it was, it was a lot of money. Child care costs a lot of money. And so, especially, you know, in this, in this, um, this new climate of ours, women are the ones who are taking the, the, the grunt of it. And I just really, and I, I, I just want to ask you about this. Why do you think that it's not really like, you know, having that that help for parents is just not one of the things that it's on our priority? Like, I, I know the, you know, we, we sort of talk about a little bit of the politics of our country and the Democrats want it and have been talking about it. But for some reason, the Republicans are just like they're not they're not for paid family leave. They don't care about child care. But, but they care about, you know, they care about protecting the child from the fetus, which is a whole nother story. But when the child gets here, how do you take care of it? What, like, what are your thoughts on this? I know you're not a parent, but, you know, just think about, think about your, your friends that are parents and are having to go through this. 
you know, it's hard because I have to sort of, I'm working from home and I have to wrangle my kid every day and just and make sure that he's doing the right thing. And it's hard. What are your thoughts on this? And why do you think that we don't have a proper, a proper childcare for in our country? I mean, in other countries like Finland and, and France, the government pays for it, for a majority of it. But we don't have that here. Why do you think that is? Well, according to Noah, not funny, Trevor. Um, okay, hold on. Uh-uh. We are not. Nope, 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 nope. You are not going to diss my future husband like that, okay? We are not going to. No, you're not going to smear his name, Trevor okay? Noah. He is funny, okay? Do not speak ill of Trevor Noah. <laughs> not on this show, so okay? I think he's better. Here's what, I think he's better off the cuff, though. But if it's something that's like real funny, it's not funny to me. Okay. By the way, we got the I got the topic from Trevor Noah, who was talking about it. So I thought it would be a good topic to talk about, and that's why he's over here dissing my man for no reason. Okay, don't be hating. Oh boy, don't hate. Trevor Noah is not funny. But back to more serious talks. According to according to Trevor Noah, you know they're 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 spending more of the money on military, and that's part of the reason why you know we don't have better childcare in America. But I mean, okay, we know that the the military, the United States military, spends more money on the military than like ten of the b- biggest nations in the world, maybe even more. We spend a lot on our military. We sure do. But I I just don't understand why we cannot provide adequate child care for our like and he i mean he he did bring up a, a good point for those of you who haven't checked it out go on youtube and and see what trevor noah had to say about this topic i thought it was really interesting but women are the ones who are suffering for this right because you don't hear you don't you didn't hear about any man quitting or, or leaving the workforce everything falls on the shoulders of 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 women and that's why fewer and fewer women huh what do you think happens when men lose their jobs no, first of all, I don't see men losing their job. Do you want to get into it? We can get into it. I don't see men losing their jobs over child care. Okay? Men are not, men are not leaving their jobs over child care. Men don't have to worry about losing their jobs because they got pregnant and they don't know if their maternity leave is going to be able to cover, you know, whatever happens. What if there are complications and you're supposed to come back in, you know, two months and you can't come back till four months? And women are being forced to leave the workforce because they have no one to take care of their kids. It falls Listen, on the woman all accept, of the time. We got to accept that we're in crisis mode. Sacrifices have to be made. Yeah, but and I don't see those crisis, sacrifices coming from men. That's what I'm saying. In a crisis, we're all going to go back to our default setting. Here we go. The traditional world. The man goes out. He gets the bacon. The woman is at home. Being a homemaker. But how, okay, but how That's you how never know how like how do you know that the next big idea isn't coming from a woman who has to leave her job and, and be at home and and next thing you know the the biggest idea or the big invention that we need in our society isn't gonna come to fruition because she can't invent it. But here's the thing: we gotta accept that this, this life. No, it's not life, and I'm not gonna accept no, it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying, I'm trying to say that you know we can't do everything. Like all, all of us, let's be real. All of us. If we didn't have responsibilities, we'd all invent something. If we didn't have responsibilities, if we didn't have to take care of bills, a family, something, we'd all probably need to do at least one great thing in our life that might change the world. But that's just what life is. I refuse to accept that. 
I refuse. I said I refuse to accept that because, you know, women women have always been making sacrifices for their families. It's it's just a thing that we do, and it's just exactly. and we and we've been happy. Hold on, we've been happy to do it, but now that we're in the twenty first century, I think things have to change. First of all, our government is is going to crap right now, and it reminds me of of you know Meghan McCain. I, I, I don't always agree with her, I, but she just recently had a baby and she came on The View. And I remember before she had the baby, she was adamantly against paid family leave. She said it was a democratic socialist program and it has no place in American society. Fast forward to her having a child and she you know had complications with her child and she thought she was going to come back at a certain date, but it took her even longer. And because she works for you know a, a network company and she, she's a wealthy woman, she was able to take the time off that she needed to, to take care of herself. All of a sudden, she's now for paid family leave. And that's my thing. It's like, I know, you know, better late than never. But you were the one that was adamantly against this, saying that it's a democratic social issue, and they're going to turn this country into a socialist country, and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, you now you're for paid family leave. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, unless it affects you, they don't really give a shit. And they all have the money for the for the for daycares. They ha- they can hire nannies, and they th- it doesn't affect them. And they don't realize that you know they're single mo- they're single parents out there, single moms and dads who cannot afford childcare. I, I agree. I, I agree. Like there should be more involvement for the government from the government to help out families with children. To what extent, I don't know. A stipend Um, every month, maybe something, just something that can help these families out. And especially, you know, it it, it has really um, exacerbated the, the, the situation because of COVID. And it's forcing, you know, women to to leave the workforce, which is really sad. You know, it's forcing them to choose between their families and their careers. And no one should have to make that decision because men don't make that decision. Men don't have to choose between I mean, their families and their career. That's because their their family depends on their career. That's why. There's some why, why can why can't the family depend on the woman's career? How come the woman's career can't let's, flourish? Let's, let's there are women let's, out there that make a lot more than men. Let's, let's be realistic. We are being realistic. When when we say a man is he doesn't have to choose between his career and his family. Listen. If a man doesn't prioritize his career, his family suffers. Because when we think about it, in the traditional sense, the man is the breadwinner. He has to remember that he has to work so that his family has a sense of security, a roof over their head, food on the table. He has to make sure of those things. But the way you're talking about But not in all not in all families. Not in all families is the man the breadwinner. Just an FYI. But that's what I'm saying. You, you, you're, you're saying in a sense that for a woman, it's like optional. She wants the, the she wants to have it all. She wants the best of both worlds. Like really, no. So one, what about no the woman really that doesn't that. have a people, man? Then most what? Most people won't have that. You know, for the woman that doesn't have a man, then yeah, we we need to help her out. We need to help her out. But then at the same time, you know, we need to talk more about the importance of being married. Here we go. No, no, no. (laughs) We are not starting that, okay? There is no... Not today. No, there is no importance of getting married. What? Listen, 
Can I say this, please? Can I say? Can I speak? For a, for a long time, when it came to human civilization, there was a security that came with marriage. There was an understanding. You know what I'm saying? The woman did the child rearing. She stayed with the children. The man provided security. He went out and you know brought home the bread, brought home the bacon. He he was he, he protected, and that was like the traditional role. You know what I'm saying? It's only now, again, now that we're in the 21st century, you know, a woman says, oh, I, I don't, I can, I want to work and then go back to my family and vice versa, do both. But again, like I said, you talk about like, in a sense, like it's optional. Like, if a woman loses her career, how much does the family suffer? If she has a man that's working. If she has a man, a husband, that's still able to provide, does the family suffer? See, that's that's what the what the men have to think this about. This is ridiculous. I, I can't. This is so. Why are we even friends? Honestly, <laughs> like why are we friends? You act like mo, you act like women don't have dreams and goals. I didn't say they don't. I'm just saying, being realistic, you may not have it all. You may not get to it all, and that's and that, that's something that we all have to accept. We're not going to be able to do everything. Well, but that the but we don't oh. say that about men. That's the thing. We don't say that about men. Like because what I'm saying is for men, they, the reason why men have these careers is so they can provide for their family. It's not a choice for them. They have to have the career to provide for their family. If a man is God, then what what use is a man? What use what use is a man if he can't provide for his family? Can you tell me? A man loses his job right now. What what use? What use is he to you? All I'm saying is, I would... No, no, answer the question. No, I, I'm, okay, and that's what, that's what society expects from men, right? But I'm just saying, not every woman wants to depend on a man. It's not, it's not about whether she wants to. It's the fact that she can. But she doesn't want has to. A, has option. That's but right, we have the option not to depend on anybody. Women have the option. Women are raising their... Women are having kids on their own. Women are raising kids on their own. And this notion of they, you know, they should have a man so that that way they can, you know, have the option of either staying home and taking care of the kids or going to work. Like this shit, this is ridiculous. You guys make it seem as though this is like this is like imprisonment. This is a punishment if you have to go back home it and take care of your kids. Okay, because it's a punishment. I, it's not. A, it's not a sentence. Not be thrown in jail. Being, being at home. Of being a full-time housewife is not a or house person, housewoman. Let me say that is not exactly the dream job. It's a lot of work that you get that you don't get paid for. You don't get recognition. And I'm not saying it's a bad job. I'm just saying not everyone wants to do it. And don't get me wrong, there are some women who that's what they want to do, and that's perfectly fine. And it's a thankless, payless job that is very necessary, right? But there are some women who are ambitious. Look, I, I did it, right? I was, when my kid was, listen, I've, I've been, I've done both. When my kid was born, I did not go to work for, until he was, I think he was like four or five. I didn't work for that long. And it was, and I was miserable for a lot of it. Because I felt like I had lost my identity. I I'd lost who I was. I was just his mom. And I didn't, like, I couldn't, I didn't know who I was until I, you know, went back to work and, and started my career again. And, and 
then I was like, okay, you know what? Now I know who I am again. I know who, who you know, who, who I want to be again, what my goals and my dreams are. I don't want to just be, you know, being, being a mom is a, is a fantastic job and I would not trade it for the world. But before I was his mom, I was my own person. That's all I'm saying. And that's fine. Like, I, I get it. Like, everybody wants more in life. I'm just saying that there, there are times in life where things are going to be miserable. That's, that's it. There's times, you know, like, like, for some men, you know, like, they, they're working themselves to death for their family. And they're not advancing in their career. Like, we think for men, and, oh, they just get to work and have the time of their life. No, some of these men are going to jobs that are, that are mundane, monotonous, same routine every day. And the only satisfaction these men get is knowing that their hard work keeps food on the table for their family. They come home and know that, you know what? I, I'm, I'm still a provider. I still provide it for my family. There's still a roof over my head. You know, my kids aren't hungry. They get to go to a good school, you know? Like, I feel like, you know, like, we got to understand that, like, most of life, a lot of life is going to be miserable. Not everyone's going to be happy. We're going to have to understand that, and that's what I'm saying. But when right. it's the other way around, and I ask this again, what use is a man if he's not the one who's working? And I get what your role point. What he get to fall into? I mean, like, so, with women, so you act like some men with, can be, there are some men who choose not to work and be a houseman uh, or a house husband. Those men? Of course. Why wouldn't I respect, respect them? Men? Of course. You'd want a man like this. You'd be okay with it if you were if a, I was a high-powered. A, oh, if I was a high-powered woman and I was making enough for the both of us and the, and our families where he didn't have to work and he his only job was to take care of the kids, pick them up, take them to practice, take them to... Absolutely, <laughs> I would be okay with that. Are you kidding? Okay, you know what? Before we stop being friends, we're going to end it right here. <laughs> okay? Right. Our I don't want people to be mad at me. I'm just saying, here's the thing, I'm well, not laughing at the They're already mad at you, okay? But you're Nigerian, right? So? You're Nigerian, right? Again, so? Do, do they accept in your culture? You know, okay, we're, we're wrapping, no, we are wrapping this <laughs> up right now. That's, that's, the, that's the reason I'm blasted. I'm not, if anyone else, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's fine if you if you want to be the one who works. Hold on a minute, what is wrong with being a house husband? What does me be? What does being be, me being Nigerian having? You act like we're stuck in the Stone Ages. Nigerian? I don't. I don't think. I don't think the women accept the men staying at home and they working. I don't think Nigerian women accept that. Okay, first of all, so, sure, so there's some house husbands the in culture. Say that again. Within the culture, though. Okay, within the the men don't stay at home to take care of the children. Nigerian men typically do not stay home and take care of the children. No. Right. That is that is more of the women, but at the same time, they don't cook either. They don't cook. They don't clean. They just go to work and come back. But I know Nigerian men who cook, who clean. So we are evolving. You act like we're stuck in the Stone Ages. People evolved. We're young. And we, we're we young are people. Evolving. We we are evolving. And, and the thing is, you do have men that need to know how to clean and cook. But the typical Nigerians of, of, of my, you know, of my parents and, and their parents don't do that. Men do not go in the kitchen. Men I don't go in the kitchen. They don't, they don't clean. Right. They don't take care of that. They, they don't, you know, it's all left to the woman. 
that's your child. You take care of the house. You do this, and all I got to do is go to work and come back. But like I said, it is our new generation. We're evolving. Look, everyone loves everything. Just because I'm like, <laughs> look, I, I'm, I'm, you're a Haitian man, right? I'm call you out. Uh-huh. So if your woman says, okay, honey, I make this much money. You don't need to work. All I want you to do is take care of the kids. You won't do it. I know Haitian. I, I know Haitian men that. I know Haitian men that, that only takes care that takes care of the kids. Does that How make? How much money she makes? Follow, she follow, follow me here. Follow home. me here. You are so sexist. You know what? She gotta. She gotta be making bread, and she wants me to stay home. We are, we know. She can't be making. She done. can't be making less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. She can't. She gotta be making at least six figures to get me so to stay home. So you're sa- you're saying that there is a price for you to stay home, correct? For temporarily, temporarily. Thank you, guys. You know what? You're. <laughs> I cannot stand. Temporarily. I cannot stand you today. Because here's the, you know why? Because I'll tell you this. Okay. A right. woman won't respect you if you stay home as a man. She I, I don't. You. I disagree with you. That that's not true. A woman will not respect a man who doesn't work. That is not true. That wanna, is work. A woman is not going. To, she's not going to go out, make that bread, work really hard. You come home, and the house probably so dirty. The kids are a mess. Because that's you your job. That's the games. job you're supposed to do. That is the but job. Imagine what somebody's been, you think these men are going to be on tip-top shape on this? That's what I'm you're supposed to do. If you're, if you're staying at home and you're supposed to be taking care of the house, that means the house is clean, that means food is ready on the table, and that means the kids are, are good for school, good for practice, good for whatever the hell they need to do, their extracurricular activities. That is your job, and that is what you are there for. While okay, I go out okay, okay. and bring home the money to take care of all of us and pay the bills. I don't see can anything wrong with that. Can I ask a question? Go ahead, ask your question. So, so as in this scenario, let's say me and you are married, right? Okay. You're the, you're the provider. You're bringing home the bacon. We got kids, and I'm sitting there, you know, um, clean the house, take care of the kids. I do this on a regular basis, right? I'm doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody breaks into the hole. Who goes downstairs with the bat? You are. No, you are. How am I going downstairs? You're still the man. According, according to your scenario, the role you're hasn't the man changed. In the house. No, it's not. I'm not the you're man of the, the house. house. The role hasn't changed. You you're still the man. You me and the kids are protected. Wow. I, wow. I am learning so much about you today. <laughs> no, so you better, much. You, if you're going to take on the, the role of the man, take it on 100%. percent i am learning so much about you. If the house is burning down... Me and the kids get out first. We get out last. <laughs> okay, guys, we gotta go. Me and him are gonna fight, so we gotta go. <laughs> okay, we gonna have a a nice stern conversation after this. If we in a boat, it starts to sink. <laughs> Me and the kids get in the lifeboat. You drowned. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us today. <laughs> We will see you guys next time. Okay, make sure you follow us on social media (laughs) at the Foreign Lady Podcast. Thank you and good night. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.